0: Welcome back to Detroit Strange, this
1: podcast.
0: We missed you. We did. We didn't mean to uh, leave you high and dry with no word beforehand.
1: Nobody was dry if they're in Michigan because of this true. damn humidity, which I've just I've started pronouncing. I'm just like, oh, it's so humid. It's so humid.
0: It's <laughs> uh, pretty accurate. Yeah, it yeah. Is, I just keep saying it. it's thick.
1: Oh, it's real thick. All the seas. All the seas. Thicker than a snicker. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But yes, we actually had a recorded episode, but it was very hard to listen to because we tried a little something new. Yeah. We tried recording with some lap mics on a road trip. Yes. But we did it while actually driving. Not recommended unless you are a talented uh, audiophile. That's not what it's called. Audio engineer. Sure. Yes.
1: It was a lot of fun, but Yeah. The audio was no bueno.
0: Mm -hmm. We didn't want to do that to your ears, your precious ears.
1: No, couldn't possibly.
0: Yeah. So uh, if, you know, I'll scrub through it. If there's any little small clips, maybe I'll include them in this episode. But Uh, it was pretty rough.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But fun, though. We had a little camping trip. We
0: did. We kind of almost even last minute. Yeah. Decided to do just a one night camping trip. Yeah. And then I had... Kind of a, a little epiphany that, ooh, that's a road trip. Yeah. So let's find out about some spooky things near where we camp. Yeah. So we found out about all the spooky things. Yeah. Uh I know usually we catch up a lot, but should we just get right into this one? We can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's summer. Like you said, it's humid and. Right. It's all the hustle and bustle of.
1: Right. A Update. Michigan summer. Sweating. <laughs> that's. <laughs> Pretty like that's what I've been doing the past month, sweating yeah. Sweating,
0: yeah. Same from same. standing still, yeah. I mean, my air conditioner was broken, so I really was actually is sweating. It's fixed now, it's fixed now. That's yes. good, yes. Uh, it took my landlord apparently over a week to find a repairman, which I'm like, hmm, interesting.
1: I could see that though. It is the hot, hot day, dog days of summer,
0: yeah. The, Those dog days are over. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> the repairman is not necessarily like he's come to our house before to repair oh, okay. things yeah. so
1: it's not spe- it wasn't like specifically an ac repairman okay
0: i mean kind of but no okay yeah anywho but uh yeah so drum roll that's better yeah, yeah we went to well we went near marshall michigan yeah yeah so kind of like mid-state yeah area about what an hour and a half ish from detroit two hours
1: yeah, yeah. It like we range. we stayed at Fort Custer State Park, mm-hmm. and then we went to Marshall afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, and that was about two hours to Fort Custer, and I think Marshall was a little bit back.
0: Yeah, it that. was kind of like a loop around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, and then it was really cool because, like I said, we actually went into this to Marshall, which yeah. I guess maybe we'll talk a little bit about our experiences after we tell the stories of yeah. Marshall, Michigan, because we had. A really cool encounter with a person there. Yeah. That was just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, you forgot some of these stories.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I think I probably did some of them. That's fair. We'll see. If
0: not, that's fine too. Okay. Yeah. So, and honestly, too, while driving, you were driving. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So, basically, this is a collection of spooky buildings. Uh In Marshall, Michigan, because it is a very old city. Yeah. So it was established in 1830, and early settlers thought it would be the state capital. Huh. (laughs) And it drew in dozens of, like, doctors, lawyers, ministers, uh, business people, and land speculators.
1: I guess it wasn't that crazy of an idea back in the day, but, like, looking at it now, I'm like, no way. Yeah. I guess Lansing's not, like, that great of a city, to be honest. Like, you know.
0: Well, and I don't, yeah. And, I mean, it was more about... Its proximity to the rail line as well. Yeah. You know, get to and also I think it's just its central location.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: Yeah, that's I think what everybody was going for. Okay. I'm assuming. Yeah. But it was founded by Sydney and George Ketchum. Okay. And they named it after Chief Justice Chief Justice John Marshall of Virginia, oddly enough. Okay. Because they really liked him. So a few things about him: Marshall helped implement the principle of separation of powers. Okay. Which is good. You yeah. know, you don't want one branch of the government too strong. Yeah. And also, uh, he cemented the position of the American judiciary as an independent and co-equal branch of government. Okay. So basically, again, like separation. separation. Yeah. Yeah. So there are actually dozens of cities in the US named after him because a lot of people dug him uh-huh. apparently. So that's cool. And the city of Marshall was nominated to be the state capital in 1839, but it lost to, of course,
2: Lansing,
1: Lansing
0: and by one vote.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's still, however, the governor's mansion located in the city of Marshall because everybody kind of really yeah. thought it would be it. They
1: counted their chickens before they hatched. Uh-huh. And by that, I mean, they built a house.
0: <laughs> yep. And at the time of the vote, the, the village, actually, because Marshall was a village at this point. uh uh-huh actually had eight registered voters
1: Ooh,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and then came the rail yards in 1872 or they were later moved to Jackson and Marshall became a little bit quieter Uh after that. So there was already a business district though. So it was kind of like ripe for a new label, you know, and it became the Midwest patent medicine center and was known as the place to get quote, pink pills for pale people.
1: I remember you mentioned that we were trying to figure out what that meant and I was like still have no idea yeah
0: I just think of pepto-bismol in pill form when I think of that for some reason and I'm like no if a person's stomach hurts they could be very pale from
1: yeah that. flushed maybe I don't know
0: flushed yes that's a better way of putting it uh, I don't think that's what these pills were for
1: no uh,
0: and we did actually in the study see a, a sign about a different a blue pill I believe yeah when we were walking around. We'll have to look at our photos, which we'll post our photos. We we will actually post these photos. Yeah,
1: because we took them ourselves. <laughs> we did.
0: But soon this industry would die out there too when the Pure Food and Drug Act was passed in 1906. So the town became a little sleepy again, and it only added two streets between 1872 and 1920. So in 50 years, only two streets. Okay. Uh, so not growing.
1: No, not popping.
0: No. So eventually residents, Reverend John D. Pierce and a lawyer named Isaac E. Crary innovated the Michigan school system and they established it as part of the state constitution. And they were, of course, from Marshall. And this was later adopted by all the states in the old Northwest Territory and became a founding for the U.S. Land Grant Act in 1861, which established schools like MSU all over the country. So, okay. So some cool stuff there. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there was also the Underground Railroad in Marshall, as many of us residents were very anti-slavery. Nice. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, was the founding of the Brotherhood of the Footboard Union in 1863. Do you remember what that actually is?
1: Automakers, right?
0: No, kind of close. Uh, basically, though, the members realized a few months after establishing it that no one knew what a footboard was. Yeah. So they changed the name to Brotherhood of the Locomotive Engineers.
1: Gotcha. The trains. Yep.
0: So, and they're still in action today. Nice. Most of the city is marked with 19th century architecture, and it's actually a National Historic Landmark District, declared on July 17th of 1991 by the National Park Service and the U.S. Department of the Interior.
1: It is really cute.
0: It's adorable. I've... Anybody who's driving by there ever, just drive through
1: it. Right. It's pretty. Yeah. It's fun. There's some fun stuff. a shops. coffee
0: or yeah. ice cream or
1: a well, couple of I books, d- th- as I did.
0: Yeah. We'll have other recommendations coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and the district itself includes over 850 homes and businesses, mm-hmm. like the actual uh, historic landmark part of it, which it's pretty is pretty big. Yeah. And little fun fact Houdini's milk can, which he would escape from, and an overboard box are on display at the American museum of magic in Marshall.
1: Yes. Which we saw. We did.
0: <laughs> and every Halloween, um, at least a pre things. Yeah. They were one of the places that would hold a seance for Houdini as many places do across the country mm. and the American museum of magic. Let's just talk about it for a second. Yeah. It was founded in 1978 by Detroit area journalist, Robert Lund and his wife, Elaine, Basically, they moved into an 1860s downtown building and it housed Mr. Lund's private collection of magician archives and artifacts, including things like apparatus, appar- apparatus,
2: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> uh, and illusion materials, basically. Yeah. More than 12,000 books on conjuring, letters, diaries, memorabilia, photographs. 3,000 posters. Yeah, a lot of posters. Mm-hmm. Scrapbooks, periodicals, costumes, and approximately 350,000 pieces of ephemera.
1: Yeah, they had a lot of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was just what's out. And actually, I think now's a good time to talk about the museum since we're kind of in that, yeah. that mode. We went to it. And I would again, suggest if you're in the area. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty cheap ticket. It was like... It
1: was like five bucks, I think. Seven, if that. I think it was seven. Oh, okay. But
0: still, it's under $10 for sure. Yeah. And it's a couple floors. And there's stuff in their collection that's not out.
1: Yeah. But they... I think said it was like a third of their collection.
0: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Mr. Lund has passed away, as has his wife, Elaine. Mm-hmm. But it is in very capable and good hands now. Yeah. And we even got kind of a little private tour. But before we talk about our tour... Uh. It was really cool because they have like a bunch of interactive
1: exhibits. They really do, yeah. That
0: show you the illusions. And yeah. That part's a lot of fun always. It sometimes. really is.
1: I love little interactive like things.
0: Yeah. And they have like a little stage and stuff that sometimes I guess they do have magicians come in and perform on. Yeah. Uh, not when we were there, but that's fine. And then yeah. the posters are really cool.
1: <laughs> they really are. I took a picture of a couple of them.
0: Mm-hmm. So our fun experience is we... When we first got there, the person running it was on the phone, which is fine. And so we did our own kind of little thing. But they were off the phone when we were leaving. And so she kind of talked to us and she was like, sorry about that. Whatever. Very kind. Like yeah, yeah. beyond kind. And then ended up giving us a private tour. Yeah. So she took us around and she kind of showed us some of her favorite things and some of the spookier things. in the Yeah. Collection. And the first one was, do you remember that magician's name?
1: Oh, Cho, no, i the same.
0: So she stopped and showed us this one poster, which is the history of it's very interesting. Uh, it was a, you know, a performer from kind of, uh, I believe like the 20s, 30s. Yeah. So the name, I just looked it up, is Chung Ling.
1: There was three, wasn't it? It was Ling Su, was something like that?
0: Oh, yes. I'm sorry. It's hard to read this Oh, you're good. Yeah. So the so, li
1: like sounds like the character from Street Fighter. That's or Mortal Kombat. accurate. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, Chung Ling Su yes. is the name. Okay, so basically he was, and fill in the blanks because it's been a second since we heard this, but he was uh an apprentice mm-hmm. and...
1: It's like, I'm going to go out on my own, mm-hmm. but wasn't good with crowd work.
0: Yeah. And then he noticed, there was another magician named like...
1: <sighs> they Chung- changed like two vowels, so it was like... Chen Yang Fan or like it was just kind of like they just maybe
2: yeah they just like
1: change he just like basically take this guy's name and change two letters and that's the real person yeah
0: but the the other man was a
1: actually Asian
0: yeah and part of that man's act though because he would perform in different countries and various places is he didn't really speak too much because sometimes he just legitimately didn't speak the language he was performing for and it was more about you know the actual illusion magic yeah This man, though, Chung Ling Su, not of Asian descent. No. He decided to basically steal the identity of that other person uh, and pretended to not speak English since he had absolutely no stage presence whatsoever. And performed like that for, I think it was like
1: nine years? Entirely too long. Yeah. Yeah. Like a
0: decade-ish or something like that. Yeah. uh, Until he kind of got his comeuppance
1: he got got because
0: mm-hmm. he went to do one of the tricks which was the catching a bullet in your teeth
1: trick. yeah someone would sign the bullet it would go in the gun it mm-hmm. get fired and then he would spit out the bullet that had the initials on it somehow
0: yes yes and or at least
1: that's how it should have happened
0: yes and instead it accidentally kind of went him
1: yeah he got shot and that was the only time he was heard talking on stage and it was something like my god I've been shot
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, and then kind of everybody knew because I guess also she explained that like people close to him obviously knew but the greater public did not until there was also like
1: theory that maybe his wife handed the like swapped the prop guns because of his philandering ways
0: yes so there's a whole extra little like kind of layer that we have no was it a mistake or was it
1: Happened exactly as someone planned it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but there's definitely a lot more information about him out there, too. Yeah. So if anybody's interested. Yeah. It's out there. But yeah, so she told us that story. And then we also went. She showed us some just of the
2: yeah. collection,
0: basically. But then she told us her story. Yeah. And she first off preface that she has worked in a lot of different museums that are supposedly haunted mm-hmm. and that she is essentially a skeptic. Yeah hasn't really believed in it. There are places that, you know, are known to be haunted that she's like been in late at night with nobody else there and experienced absolutely nothing. But she did have a story to offer of this place. Yeah. So she lives quite a distance from the place, from the actual museum, like 45 minutes or so away. And there was one day that basically like.
1: Something like the fire alarm started going off at night.
0: Yeah. So she was really, she was, at home she had i think she had left late that day and she was at home yeah and then she got a call that the alarm was going off yeah uh and so she had to basically drive the 45 minutes back yeah and rather than and it was like three o'clock in the morning or something like it by the time that uh she let in the the fire department and like they checked everything yeah Uh, i think because maybe it is a historic district they have to do that yeah and so she was like, well, I'm not going to drive 45 minutes home just to come back at like 8 a.m. Right. That's like two hours of sleep loss. Yeah. So she had a sleeping bag in her car. She went and grabbed it, kind of cozied up on the the main floor, you know, out of sight of the windows, you know, and stuff, but just yeah. kind of a little corner. So she's about to fall asleep. And all of a sudden from the second floor, she hears some footsteps. And she's like, you know, it's old building, whatever, whatever. Then she realizes that like there's nobody on the buildings on the side. Yeah. Like they were long gone. She had seen them leave. And she keeps hearing the footsteps. And I believe she heard them come down the stairs. Yeah. And come towards her. Yeah. At which point she kind of freaked out and I believe uh, exited the building.
1: Yeah. She's like. This shit ain't worth it. Here's my sleeping bag. I'm going to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then something weird happens, alarm the next day.
1: Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but I just remember she got chased yeah. out by oh, ghosts.
0: And she it also felt like she was being watched. Yeah. Yeah. So she offered us that story, even though she doesn't believe, but I got the sense that she's not sure what she right. thinks now. Right. So, Yeah. Highly suggest Museum of Magic.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So now on to a few other spooky places about town that we we drove by or walked by. Yeah. Uh, one of them is called the Cronin House, and it's at 407 North Madison Street. In 1872, the house was designed in an Italian style, and it was built for the Cronin family. So at the time, this was a man named Jeremiah and his wife, Susan. It has since become the inspiration for a novel a Disney and a Disney movie due to its haunting. Ooh. So the house was being renovated for a few years and, you know, over and other and over elsewhere, uh, you know, Jack Black and Kate Blanchett were filming the house with a clock in the walls in 2018. Uh-huh. And this is basically based on a young adult mystery novel written by a Marshall native named John Belair's.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So why is this house spooky? Why? is the inspiration for yeah. this book and this movie. So one of the story goes that there were two Cronin sisters, so some descendants of uh, Jeremiah and Susan, and they lived there and they had a friend who found a clock in a nearby dump uh-huh. and the clock had the name Cronin on it. Yeah. So the, f- the friend was like, I'm going to bring this to my friend that's the Cronins. Right. And they had someone fix it in 1900 at the cost of $2. Ooh, Mm-hmm. it was like one of those big like grandfather clocks. Yeah, and while it was never actually inserted into the walls, yeah, you know that was like a spin. It was like one of their favorite pieces in the
1: house. Yeah, and
0: had like you know the old timey like spooky ding ding. ding yeah, and all
1: that. Um, I used to love grandfather clocks, obsessed with them.
0: Yeah, well they're cool. They are. I don't so, think I would
1: ever want one now though.
0: No, they're big.
1: And they're spooky. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and spooky. I like visiting places that have them, but yeah, I don't know that I'd want to live with one personally. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, nothing happened even around this clock. I think the clock was just spooky enough. Right. And the house is still spooky because we have a few more stories about it. So another story about it. The last living Cronin relatives were Jeremiah's granddaughters. Mm -hmm. They were named Elizabeth in Virginia and they lived there until they passed away. Elizabeth in 1989 and Virginia in 2002. Okay. And it was said that they didn't really get along super well all the time. So there was a little bit of like.
1: Yeah. Animosity you stay in your in the house. house. I'll stay on mine. Kind yeah. Kind of vibe.
0: Uh, but before they passed, they would actually allow schools in for field trips. So they weren't totally like.
1: Yeah. Curmudgeony. Yeah.
0: And but nobody was allowed in the basement or the coal areas. OK. Because, you know, back in the day, houses would get coal delivered. You have. I think like a coal chute going into the basement. I know there's a lot of Ferndale houses that have that. Yeah. Still, I lived in one. It was really interesting. Yeah. But when asked about like, why can't we go in the basement or the coal areas, the sisters would become anxious and start acting rather odd. Uh Uh-huh. To this day, nobody knows why.
2: Weird. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So after Virginia passed, the house sold, but it went into foreclosure. Uh Uh-huh. And after six years, six years after her passing, Jeff Hamilton took over and now there's a little bit of a rumor that they might still be there. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Of course, when Jeff got it, he started to like renovate it and a few things happened. This led to contractors labeling it as officially haunted, basically. Yeah. And I have one specific story. And Jeff Hamilton and one of the, the workers on his house named Widorf were sitting around inside the house by the fire in the dead of winter, just kind of talking about the renovations that they were going to be doing in the spring, right? Yeah. Widorf got up to unscrew a light, and Jeff was watching him, you know, because they're talking. Right. And Jeff mentioned that he wanted to cut down a certain tree in the front yard, a very specific, I believe, oak tree or something like that. And just then, Widorf, like, unscrewed the light. So it wasn't even, like, in, but it wasn't, like, completely, you know, like, down yet. It was just, like, hovering. Yeah. The light started... To turn on, Uh even though it was like almost out right as he was talking about cutting down this tree. Yeah. So Jeff said, just kidding, ladies. And the light immediately turned off.
2: Weird. Yeah.
0: So people have witnessed seeing lights on at night when nobody's in the house. And there's a spiral staircase, of course, that has been so (laughs)
1: inconvenient.
0: (laughs) It's been known to feature some shadow figures, particularly two of them in the shape of two women standing at the top of the stairs.
1: Spooky, spooky. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I do recall reading that where I got this information from, like basically the owner now, Jeff, he's fully living in the house and everything now. And he's pretty much like, yeah, I think they're around, but they just mostly like want their if they have an opinion about something. Right. For it to be known. Also, I'm not sure exactly where, but there, the Cronin's also owned a dry goods store somewhere in downtown. Okay. And it's said that Elizabeth and Virginia, who were the last, you know, running it, they will still help customers in their former dry goods store, uh, which is now vacant and abandoned. And visitors to the space will often hear, good day. How are you? And how may I help you?
1: You know, you don't hear good day enough anymore.
0: I know. So that's basically about the Cronin properties. Uh-huh. There is also, uh, this is definitely a place we walk by, the Stagecoach Inn. Yep. And this was originally a gentleman's only bordello and hotel. It is said that there's a spirit of possibly a former sex worker who wanders at night. According to the story, one evening, this young woman got tipsy and fell from a balcony over a very low railing because the railing it really like, was low. Yeah, it's like two foot or something like it's yeah. not like a
1: more decorative than preventative.
0: Yeah, and actually, kind of like a false sense of security. Yeah. Like, I, almost more and dangerous. Honestly,
1: you just trip over it more. Exactly. Yeah. More
0: dangerous than open.
1: Yeah. Would yeah. be. Yeah.
0: So uh, it's now a restaurant, though. Everybody, all all genders and identities Welcome. can go there. Welcome. Yes. Yeah. And employees have reported doors and cupboards opening on their own,
2: uh-huh.
0: and photos on the wall being flipped over. Some guests have also reported that they feel a tug around their waist while eating or in the restroom.
1: Weird. Mm
0: -hmm. When there's like specific ones like that, I'm always like, huh. Yeah. Like that's like a specific, like tug around the waist. Yeah. So another building downtown, the Black Building. This at one time was the home of Opera and Marshall.
2: Ooh. Mm -hmm.
0: The theater is still there. But I don't believe there's performances in it as of now. There, I could be wrong about that. But there are still, however, posters from the last opera hanging in the showcase that feature the leading man. Some people have reported to hear this performer practicing his lines and acting out his scenes in the shadows in the building. That's fun. I know. I love a haunted theater. Oh, yeah. I think
1: like. I, I was getting the know. urge to watch Finn with the opera recently because I was playing Jeopardy on my Switch and there was a question about it. And I was oh. like, it reminded me of haunted theater uh, and opera.
0: Well, yes. Yeah. The ultimate haunted theater. Yeah. <laughs> with the Phantom, if you were.
1: Yes. <laughs> and not Natalie Portman.
0: No. I no. always think
1: it's Natalie Portman and it's not, which is why I call her not Natalie Portman. No. I wish I knew her real name because that's kind of shitty of me, but also...
0: Yeah, I have no idea who's in that.
1: Yeah. I don't think it ever Butler is s- the Phantom.
0: Okay, I've never seen the movie. I've only seen the play.
1: Yeah, okay. I've only seen the movie. I've
0: never... Mm. It's pretty good. Play's good, too. The Well, the the play's, like, claim to fame is, like, the falling chandelier. Yeah. And then it's fun.
1: <laughs> oh, does it, like, actually happen in the theater kind of thing? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, it comes, like, it's through. Uh, over the audience kind of okay, and like comes down and actually the boat scene's really cool too like when they're sailing like the they make the stage all misty and like uh-huh. it's like gliding when they're going down and stuff so yeah it's yeah, it's it's a it's a I understand why it had a
1: right you know, it had its moment it did yeah. I mean
0: Angela Lloyd Webber was like everything in the 90s he really for was. theater yeah. it, and it was probably one of the first things I saw so
1: was Angela Weber behind Cats, too? Yeah. Ugh.
0: Yeah, no, he had, like, a ton in, like, that time span.
1: <laughs> he was the toast of the town.
0: He mm. was something. Yeah. <laughs> no shade, but... A little shade. A little shade. Yeah. Uh. So, oh, this one's a very fun story. Okay. So now we're going to move to the Filigree Supply, which is an old, you know, store. Yeah. It is located on Michigan Avenue. And it's not actually a store anymore. It's, you know, been renovated and things like that. And there is a story, an account, if you were, of an accountant uh, in his office there. And he would come in every morning to find that the tape from his adding machine had run out with random numbers printed all over it. Uh The computers then started to shut down on their own and cold spots could be felt throughout the space, even in the dead of summer with no air conditioner.
1: And we know how hot and humid the summers are uh-huh, here.
0: Very humid.
1: So humid. The Get, hummed it gets, is out of control.
0: It's so humid. You need some pita bread because that it, just sounds like hummus.
1: I know.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, another place we walked by uh, was Schuler's Restaurant and Pub. Yes. The cheese people.
1: We think. we think we think the cheese people. Yes. It looks very similar. Yes. The logos. Yes. And if it is, bravo on that cheese. Good job.
0: Those those cheese balls my aunts love.
1: Yes, or like they have like a beer cheese. I think they sell in little black tubs that I love. Oh, like yeah, I've seen that at the store. Yeah. yeah.
0: So in this space, the original space, there is claims, and it's still a restaurant and pub. Yeah. There is claims that the spirit of Albert Bert Schuller himself, who founded the company in 1909, never left. Mm-hmm. Employees and guests have reported the smell of cigar smoke as well as witnessing doors opening on their own or small objects falling. Many have also reported the sense of feeling watched. Mm -hmm. And it was one time scouted for the show Ghost Hunters, which I'm like, oh. Fun. That would be a cool job. Yeah. Like you're like the location scout for a paranormal ghost hunting show.
1: Oh, that'd be so fun.
0: How do you get that job? Yeah. Who do I have to call? How do I train for this? Right. What do I do? So fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to host one, too. Yeah. Uh, again, who do I call? How do I train? Like, what do I do? But
1: Kesha, apparently.
0: Yes. Conjuring Kesha. Yes. Uh, which maybe we'll talk about a little later. Yeah.
1: <laughs> because- I've still only watched the first episode. I liked it, but I just like. Yeah. I feel like every time I think of it, I'm like, mm, it's too late for spooky things.
0: Mm-hmm. See, I can watch them anytime. It's real weird. Well,
1: good for you. I.
0: I don't know why, though. That's very like. Not me. Like usually, I think because
1: like, like your interest over, overrides the fear.
0: Yeah, and like I take the shows with a grain of salt. True to a certain extent, yeah. too. They're just interesting to
2: me. Yeah, fair.
0: But yes, yeah, so, so the readings were taken, and according to Donna Barland, who is the resident historian, uh-huh. which it's so interesting that like these restaurants and things have like resident historians, right? And the person scouting was able to retrieve several readings indicating that there was probably a presence of unseen energy in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming they were like a millimeter or... <laughs> yeah. SB7 spirit bot. No, right. just labeling crap for that. Yeah. From TV. Uh, and there was actually record of one spirit actually saying the location scout's name, which happened to be Sam, by the way.
1: Sam. Mm-hmm. Sam he was. Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sam, Sam. Sam, I am. I do like GrinX and Ham. Exactly. Yeah. The book, the, you know, the ghosts just like to read Dr. Seuss.
0: I do. I mean, who doesn't?
1: Right. Who
0: doesn't? So, moving on to another building, the governor's mansion, as mentioned, when the state had their bid to be the, or when Marshall had their bid to be a state capital, a large area was set aside on the south side of the town and it was financed by James Wright Gordon and his wife, Mary. And the area was named Capitol Hill, thinking that's where that would be.
1: They really were just counting them chickens before mm-hmm. it they hatched. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, one vote. I mean, they had a pretty strong
1: chance. I know, but also like, I wouldn't. I'd have plans, but I wouldn't start any of them until no. it was for sure.
0: Maybe get the land, but don't like
1: right declare
0: it things yet.
1: Right, because then you they almost like, jinx it.
0: Yeah, and you could like do something different with it. Right. Yeah. So. James Wright Gordon and his wife Mary, they settled on a Greek revival style architecture Mm -hmm. for the actual mansion. And that would be across the street from the big plot of land. Yeah. Gordon ran for and won the seat of Lieutenant Governor in 1840. And when Governor William Woodbridge left office for the U.S. Senate in 1841, Gordon was actually the acting governor for a short time. Okay, After Marshall lost to Lansing, however, the governor's mansion in Capitol Hill School
2: Still okay. remain because yeah. again,
0: they did that all a little early. Yeah. Governor Gordon unfortunately died unexpectedly in Brazil in 1852. Dang. But it is believed that his grieving wife is still occupying the premises, even though she passed. Yeah. Often there will be a handprint left on the bed.
1: Oh, no. Like of the
0: main bedroom chamber. And she, an apparition of a woman has been seen near the staircase.
1: Spooky, spooky. Mm-hmm.
0: There's also been reports of a large quick drop in temperature. In uh, addition to that, there has been reports actually of the spirit of another young girl wandering the halls and the grounds who appears to be about nine or ten.
1: Children ghosts are ooky spooky. I... I don't like kids, but when they're dead, <laughs> no. Mm-mm.
0: And some days it seems like the young girl wants to play and others she doesn't, but she's very uh, present.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Currently, though, the building houses the Mary Marshall chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution and is ran as a museum. Cool. So in the area nearby to the mansion is Oak Ridge Cemetery. Uh-huh. We love a cemetery. And also in 1839, so the same year the mansion was built, Oak Ridge Cemetery was created as well. Yeah. It features over eleven thousand burial sites dating back to that same year. There have been reports of paranormal sightings here, including apparitions wandering the grounds, uh-huh, EVP recordings. uh uh-huh. Do you know what that is? EVP? Yeah.
1: Oh, I used to know this TLA. Um I blanking right now. That's fine. Oh, Friday Brain.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Electronic uh voice phenomena.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: And others have also reported the feeling of being touched.
1: Ooh. Yep. Oogie spooky. hmm mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So, creepy cemetery, you know. Yeah. And another building in Marshall
1: uh. is
2: the
0: 1835 National House Inn. Okay. It's located at Michigan Avenue and South Sycamore Street. Okay. Let's do a little history of it first. It was built by Colonel Andrew Mann as a hotel in 1835 and it opened as the Man double N hotel. Okay. Mainly was used for lodging for like stagecoach travelers going between Detroit and Chicago because again, central location. And the railroads came in 1844 and they stayed pretty busy with travelers because they're yeah, same route basically. Uh ownership went to change hands and names several times and it eventually was called the Acker House and then eventually later the F-A-C-House, facey
1: House, F A C E Y. Okay, or face. I think facey. <laughs> I think facey. We're in uh, America, especially the Midwest. It's easy.
0: Yeah, but we were we we're French founded.
1: But we're not in the Paris of the Midwest, are we? No, we're in we're the Midwest
0: in... of the Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> actually, kind of.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so eventually, uh, this building went to become on become part of the Underground Railroad due to a hidden room installed in the basement. Nice. And beginning in the late 1870s, customers began to taper off because of sleeper car trains. Yeah. And the inn was eventually turned into a windmill, then a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> then a wagon factory. The Interesting. Pivots. The pivots
1: yeah. this building has taken. And in
0: 1902, it was established as an apartment building called Dean's Flat. Okay. And then during Prohibition, the small room in the basement was most likely used to buy and sell alcohol. Work. So renovations were made somewhere around 1976 and this is when stories of spirits began to surface from both employees and guests.
2: Ooh. Uh-huh.
0: So one of the most common was a sighting of a ghostly woman in red floating through the halls and standing in one of the windows late at night. That's spooky. Yeah. Uh she's seen as a full apparition and usually kind of minds her own business. So she might be residual. Yeah. Uh, there is a room, though, that she's often seen in where she will shut the door herself when it is left open.
1: She, you know, uh, hmm. she was who that Panic! at the Disco song was written about.
0: <laughs> I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard of closing the goddamn door?
0: <laughs> exactly. Actually, she wrote that song. She did. It wasn't even about her. She just wrote it.
1: Yeah. Well, and gave it to them. Yeah. It was ghost written. Yeah. Literally ghost written. That's where the term ghost writer
0: comes from. It's an actual ghost who writes for people.
1: Actually, yes. (laughs) I was thinking of automatic writing where like, you know. Oh, I love
0: automatic writing. Yes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was a ghost Mm -hmm. controlling the hand and the guitar and the voices.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so most people have guessed that she's from the 20th century, you know, kind of based on her appearance.
1: She's a 20th century gal. Mm-hmm.
0: And many think that she's a former resident from when it was an apartment building. But several also believe that she might be the spirit of a scorned lover or a sex worker killed by a client. Because, mm. uh, you know,
2: that'll do We love yeah. to dramatize.
0: The... <laughs> right. But it was also theorized she might have been involved in the activity in the basement during Prohibition.
2: Oh, yeah. Which
0: has, like, a lot of energy, you know, attached to it, too. Yeah. And that might have led to her passing if something didn't go right. Yeah. But it's all speculation. There's really no historical, you know, thing to tell us. But other reports, in addition to the Lady in Red from the space, are people seeing pictures falling off the wall on their own and also phantom scents of smoke throughout the premises.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. And they don't attribute those to her.
1: She wasn't a smoker.
0: No. Because there's also reports of a male apparition. Okay. In he's usually in what's called the Charles Dickey room. Okay. Because, again, it is an, it's an in now. Yeah. In all the rooms, kind they have a name after yeah. some figure, historical figure, and they all have, like, a little blurb outside the, win- or the window, the door. Yeah. So in the Charles Dickey room, the spirit tolerates guests or has been known to tolerate guests, uh-huh. but he's a little... Less friendly, we'll say. Yeah. Mostly people's. Yeah, he's grumpy. Yeah. Hermogeny. Guests have had odd nightmares when they sleep in this room. Mm -hmm. It's also reported that if he doesn't like a picture on the wall, he will knock it down. Uh Only after guests who have entered the room that he doesn't care for. Okay. Yeah. Or if he's just feeling like he wants the room to himself. Right. He's like, I'm going to knock down some pictures just to like.
1: Scare him out of here.
2: Yeah.
0: And yeah. That's basically it for the National House. Inn. it's got, you know, 16 rooms. People love it.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, yeah. And then I've got some personal ghost stories from Marshall. But also there's a lot of people have experienced drain batteries on cameras when in Marshall, Michigan.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: So would you like to hear some personal stories from com? Absolutely.
1: Fantastic.
0: So story number one. I spent my teenage years growing up in a house on Grand Street. I have a ton of weird stories happening in that house. I've been pushed up the stairs when nobody was home. I heard rhythmic tapping in the walls that responded too intelligently for squirrels to make. I also had my only experiences with sleep paralysis and shadow people. I remember the only dreams about the house would be this little girl saying I couldn't help her before waking up. The biggest thing I found was in the basement where on the walls was names of previous families living there dating back to the 1920s with a cross next to a family name if they died in the house. Still spooks me to this day.
1: That is pretty spooky. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, That one, I don't believe I could find a name for that person. Steve. Sure, Steve. And story number two from ghostsofamerica.com. I know someone who lives in a haunted house in Marshall, Michigan. When people come to visit them, they usually see a woman in black, I believe. They also normally see a man who doesn't just roam the first floor, but also outside around the house. In the house, there are more than just two ghosts. There are multiple, and I might go visit and do my own research over the summer. Nice. Mm -hmm. I think this one's pretty fun. (laughs) Story number three. I was in Marshall, working in an office on Michigan Avenue, and was closing up one night. Our office had an inner office and an outer office. I closed the door to the inner office as I began closing up things for the evening. I took two steps towards the outer office door after closing the first, and I heard something either hit the wall inside right next to the door I had just closed, or the floor inside right next to the door. As I went back and opened the door, I peered inside thinking that perhaps something fell as I closed the door. I saw nothing out of place and then sweeping around to my left to leave, looked up and noticed the chandelier swinging.
1: Spooky. Mm -hmm. Not a good sign.
0: It was slowly swinging from left to right as if someone had pushed it. Holy crap. I quickly backed out, said goodnight to the ghost, told them to have fun and quickly left and unbelievingly pondered what I had just experienced as I walked down the steps and out the door. Nah, I don't really believe in ghosts, nah. As if the experience itself wasn't bad enough, as I related the story the next day, I suddenly learned that the offices where I was working had been the scene of a woman who had been, quote, badly mistreated, no details, had committed suicide, a self-hanging. This really startled me, mainly because That was not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. And then I thought further about it.
1: The swinging chandelier. It raised goosebumps and the
0: hair on the back of my neck. A thump. The chair falling.
1: Oh, shit.
0: The lamp swinging. The body swinging. I did not stay in the office late much more after that. All this to say that Marshall Wall is unquestionably a beautiful, wonderful town with the gorgeous and warm people it provided me. A true unbeliever with two more incredible paranormal opportunities beyond this and is the only place I've ever stayed in, and I've stayed in London, Paris, Athens, Florence, Rome, among others. A
1: humble brag.
0: <laughs> that may have just perhaps convinced me that there may really be ghosts roaming our world too. Unbelievable. I still get goosebumps thinking about it.
1: Chris. Thanks, Chris. Mm-hmm. But no, that is like a spooky That story. is really spooky, uh... Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've got one more story if you... Ooh, absolutely. So, as I was babysitting one evening, after the girls were put to bed... Or, so let me start Put away.
1: to dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as I was babysitting one evening and after, and after the girls were put to bed, the family dog started to act strange. He was put outside ASAP. Can't let him wake the girls. Then it started. The house had an intercom system. All was quiet with the girls I had even gone upstairs to check on them. Yet a half hour later, the door between the main house and the kitchen family room, where we, my boyfriend and I, who were watching TV, started to move. Oh, shit. Just a little bit at first. Then a bit more and more. Knowing that the dog was outside, we thought we had better check on the girls. Come to find out Audrey had a temperature of 103 and needed to be seen by a doctor ASAP.
1: That's a high temp, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Had the doorknob made the movement and the noise that it did, who knows? Years later, my mother told me that one of her friends lived in and then sold that same house because of the ghost. Too bad I was not told that before I agreed to babysit in it years later. Yeah. Submitted by the babysitter.
2: <laughs> the babysitter.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, just a few accounts. Of, yeah, some fun, ooky, spooky. Yeah. If anybody out there has ever been to Marshall and has... A fun story, please, please, please write in yeah, because I would love to know. hear it. Uh, love a, a you know location specific,
2: yeah, spooky,
0: spooky time, yeah. Real quick, some of my sources, yeah. Awakenhaunt.com. ninety nine wfmkcom dot com, Hauntedplaces.org. dot com, dot com, dot Wikipedia. Uh, And then if anybody wants to know more about it, there is a book called Haunted Marshall by Brian Mason. And yeah. That is a little bit about a little town we like to call Marshall, Michigan. Yes. Not the state capital.
1: (laughs) And you know what? We actually did a field trip for once.
0: We did. And again, it's definitely, if you're passing by, definitely
1: definitely worth a stop. Definitely worth a stop. We like you said the museum we stopped Mm -hmm. at. We stopped this really cute bookstore too. I got some books. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And just like everything's beautiful to look at. There was also like a um artist's market kind of antiques Yeah. Yeah, kind of thing going on and stuff. So and I'm sure they have a ton of events Yeah. I'm sure they have events like that all the time. So yeah.
1: Well. Mm -hmm. Would you like a two truth in a lie now?
0: Yeah, see, we didn't have this last time, so I'm excited. Yeah, because you were driving, you could not read a two truths and a lie while driving.
1: Uh, i not even kind of, but this one I thought outside the bun. Oh, your category this week is air, airport codes.
0: Oh, like for the destination? Yeah, so like okay. you know, like yeah, Detroit's yeah.
1: DTW. Yeah.
0: I'm in. I'm so into it. Got, they're weird sometimes.
1: I've got three of them. One of them is fake. Okay. So number one, Mm P-E-E, number two, P-O-O, and number three, B-O-O. So P, poo, and boo.
0: I want boo to be real. I feel like poo probably is, and it's a bummer that nobody thought of it. I'm going to go with P-E-E being fake.
1: P-E-E is true. That's for Perm Russia. No. Yeah. Perm Russia.
0: There's not even that many E's in there.
1: I know. Maybe in Russian, maybe. I don't know. That's true. That's true.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want Boo to be real, so we're just going to go with POO, even though I think Boo is probably the fake one.
1: Boo is false. So you are correct. Yay. Uh, Boo is a real airport. It's for Bodo, Norway. It's like the O with the slash through it. I forget what that means in Scandinavian language, but. B-O-D-O with the slash, Norway. Okay. So that's Boo. And then just, of course, i like to do some honorable mentions. Yeah. There's I-O-U, which is il Owen and New Caledonia. Uh, Wow, which is Willow, Alaska.
0: That's fun. Right? I'm going to wow.
1: Yeah. Wow,
0: wow.
1: There's Gag. Gage, okay. Oklahoma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Auk, which is Wake Island Airfield. Okay. Fun. For <laughs> Funafuti, Tuvalu. I don't know where that T-L-R-U? is. Tuvalu. No, it's Tuvalu. T U V A L U.
0: Oh, okay. Probably an island.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like a Polynesian island. I'm pretty sure. Bum, Butler mm-hmm. Airport, Missouri. Dad, Da Nang, Vietnam. Cow, Coquimbo, Chile. IDK. Mm-hmm. In Delacana, Australia, Sad Safford, Arizona, and Eek for Eek, Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Fun, yeah. These are from centrev.com. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, it was
0: always surprising airport codes because, I mean, Detroit. It does make sense because you know it, Wayne County or whatever, Detroit but like, Wayne. But if you don't know Detroit's in Wayne County, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, and like most, like, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm like going to like DTW to DF. W, which is Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah. And then Albuquerque, which is just ABQ. Yeah. There was a time in my life where I wanted to learn all the airport codes, but oh, really? I did not get far.
0: I know Portland is PDX.
1: Yeah. I've heard that one before. Yeah. I know Cincinnati is CVG because every time my mom gives me a container of Cincinnati chili, it just says CVG chili. <laughs> I worked in travel for 30 years though, so. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no, that's fine.
1: Yeah. I just figured something a little different.
0: Yeah. I'm no, about to I,
1: travel. So I was like, it is on the brain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're going away. Uh,
1: yeah. You're going
0: away for a week and then basically you come home and it's your birthday.
1: Yeah. Which
0: is super exciting.
1: Yes. It is exciting. August is a busy month. August yeah. is busy. It is
0: That being said too, we are going to be taking a short break, but we are going to be back no matter what in September.
1: Yes. Back uh, on that weekly cadence.
0: hmm Yeah. In the meantime, send us an email.
1: Yeah, send us an email. Listen to some old episodes. Mm-hmm.
0: Talk to us on Instagram. Yeah, we're around. Yeah, very Strange. Yeah, uh, share us with a friend. Yeah, have a chat with a friend about something you heard.
1: Stay cool because it's hot and humid as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I but think- I think
0: until September.
1: Stay, stay strange. strange and cool. Please stay cool.
0: Mm-hmm. They're already cool.
1: They're, I'm talking temperature wise. Um. Yeah.
0: This has been a production, a Planet Ant podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Stacks and Violence. That was a bad joke on my part.
1: (laughs) It's our vibe sometimes. No, I love a corny. Same. Yeah.